Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, hello. This is Sandy. I am so glad that you're here today. I am a dating and relationship coach at lastfirstdate.com, and I want to welcome you to Last First Date Radio. We are the show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships after 40. I love bringing you in-depth interviews with top experts and cutting-edge authors in the field of dating and relationships, especially after 40. Today, I am super excited to be speaking with psychotherapist Shelley Pumphrey. We're going to talk about love styles. You're going to find out what they are and how you can use yours to find a compatible partner. So basically, just my little spiel here is that if you want to be successful at dating and have that lasting, loving relationship that you want, please show up as your authentic self and stop listening to bad dating advice. There's there's so much conflicting advice out there, especially the the people who tell you that you just have to wear, you know, stiletto heels and um god, I would die if I had to go to a first date in stilettos. And um, you know, and wear clothing that's more revealing than you like and and say things that don't feel comfortable for you. Um, So, you know, you want to bring your authentic self, but there's also some skills that you may not yet know that help you to be better at bringing your best self out in a date. So that's what I love to help women do, um, to really value themselves more, to be women of value. And that's, that's what I stand for is to help you to stop giving up your power and, um, and to really bring your true voice to dating so that you align with the right partner. Every week I bring you a tip of the week on how to be a woman of value, and today's tip is declutter your life. Uh, many of you may have extra clutter. We all know about clutter in the home and and how you can end up accumulating too many things. But decluttering your life is about that and more. It's also about decluttering your life of people who are toxic, people who are weighing you down, um, saying yes to things that make you unhappy because you feel obligated and you feel guilty saying no. So decluttering your life is making your life more streamlined and in alignment with who you are. So as you notice, there's a pattern here about being in alignment with who you are because that's the way to live. That's the way to live your best life. So um, two more things. I want to just remind you to, if you haven't already, please sign up for my free guide, um, which is available on my website, lastfirstdate.com. It is a fairly new guide, and it's answering the question that I get asked all the time, why do men disappear? So this is the top ten reasons why men pull away or disappear and how you can finally attract and keep the love you deserve. And also, finally, please join my private Facebook group if you're a woman over 40. It's called Your Last First Date. Not, not last first date, but your last first date. So go to Facebook Groups. And you can put that in the search bar and you'll find it. And this is a fabulous place to come for support, positive support, um, not a place to, to just rant and to bash men, 
but a place to learn and grow and learn from each other and support each other, to hear about the highs and the lows, and, and so many people are finding great relationships. So it's, it's a place to come and be inspired. All right, now my fabulous guest today, her name is Shelley Pumphrey. She is a love strategist. She has 20 years of experience as a psychotherapist, and she brings a level of expertise into her coaching that helps her clients overcome fear, disrupt unhealthy patterns in relationships, and build confidence when they search for love. She is a relationship expert who uses her knowledge of psychology, neuroscience, and attachment which is something that we're going to talk about a little bit today, to help people find compatible, healthy, passionate relationships. She offers coaching, therapy, classes, and retreats to help you get to the core of what's preventing you from finding love. And you can find her at AuthenticDate.com. So join me now for Episode 245. Wow, we've done 245 episodes. The power of using your love style to find a compatible partner. Welcome to the show, Shelley. Thanks, Sandy. I'm so happy to be here. And I just I love your message, um, you know, trying to help people be as authentic as possible when they're searching for love. And it it really fits in nicely with what we're going to talk about today because the the love styles, as we'll learn here in a minute, can sometimes be a hindrance in us, in our ability to uh, be authentic in our dating and in our relationships. So I'm excited to share this information with you today. Yeah, I'm excited, I'm excited to learn it and to have you share it. And um, I loved being on your show recently, and we found that we definitely lined up on so many so many different things, so um not surprised that my message is aligned with your message um so let's let's jump to what are the love styles okay, yeah, so um a lot of people don't know about this concept of attachment. I mean some people may have heard about it or read about it or done some therapy around it, but um basically, what the four love styles is is a concept that I've developed to help people understand this bigger idea of attachment. Well, it's based on attachment theory, which is something we talk about in the field of psychology. And, um, you know, if you're just talking about attachment, it can be a little dry and boring. So I decided to create the four love styles to help people have an easier way to understand what's going on with their brains and um, just kind of the biology of their bodies as well when they're um, searching for a partner or starting out on a new relationship. So essentially what attachment is, is in the first few years of life, typically those first three years, when we don't have a lot of conscious memories, we develop what's called an attachment style. And the way that that is created is basically um, from the interactions that we have on a daily basis with our parents or our, our main caregivers. And, you know, it doesn't have to be your, your biological parent. It's just whoever your main caregiver is. Um, so I'm going to just keep it simple and talk about mom and dad here for the purposes of a short show. So let's say as a baby you cry because you're hungry and your mom comes over and feeds you and is very loving and nurturing and warm and she does this most of the time for those first few years. What you learn in that simple interaction is whether or not you can depend on somebody 
to take care of your needs, whether or not it's comfortable to be intimate with somebody. And it sets the stage for your adult relationships, for all of your adult relationships, whether you're talking about a romantic partner, a friend, your relationship with your own children, your parents, like everybody, coworkers even. Um, so those, those simple interactions of, as a child, we, we express our needs and our parents come and meet our needs in some way, teach us what we need to know. So mm-hmm. some parents are really good or, or they're able to meet our needs consistently and warmly. Some parents have a harder time with it. Some of them might be able to meet their needs once in a while. Like sometimes they're really good at it or sometimes they're not available. And, you know, a way to think about, about that could be a mom that has, you know, a few kids. You can't possibly be available to meet your child's needs all the time when you've got several children because you've got kids crying everywhere <laughs> needing to meet, you know, uh-huh. their needs to be met. So uh-huh. somebody who lives, you know, who has a childhood like that, where sometimes their needs are met, sometimes they're not, can go into adulthood and have a lot of anxiety about relationships. They might feel somewhat insecure about getting their needs met or wonder if their needs are going to get met. Um, And then we have another interaction where parents don't meet a child's needs very effectively, if at all. And sometimes they can be really dismissing of a child's needs or, or they are uncomfortable being really intimate and loving and nurturing. And it's often because they had a similar upbringing and, you know, in their childhood as well. And so their brains were wired to kind of detach from people. Um, so these, these children grow up to be adults who really don't feel comfortable with intimacy and sticking with other people, and their brains get wired to kind of go the other direction and pull away and become very self-reliant. So those are, um, you know, that's just kind of a general idea of how attachment gets formed. Um, so what I've done is I've broken, there's four basic love styles or four uh, basic attachment style. So I'm going to use those words kind of interchangeably here. So we've got what I call the love connector, which is that person who has a lot of that anxiety where they get the mixed messages from their parents in those early years. And then they go into adulthood and have anxiety in their relationships. Um, that's based on an anxious attachment. Again, I call that the love connector. And then we've got those who have that really secure foundation where their parents are meeting their needs a lot of the time, that's what's called a secure attachment or what I call the love stabilizer. And then we've got what I call the love resistor or an avoidant attachment, and that's where people really have a hard time with intimacy and connection and kind of shy away from it. And then we've got a fourth one, which I didn't really go into, and that's called a love paralyzer, or it's also based on what we'd call in psychology a disorganized attachment. And that's somebody who really craves a relationship. They, they like the idea of a relationship, but then as soon as things start to get intimate or close, they freeze up, they pull away, they get really scared, and they don't know how to move forward. Um, and these people really have a harder time um, you know, kind of figuring out what to do with their relationships in general because they get they get mixed messages internally and they're giving their partners a lot of mixed messages as well about what they want. So that's kind of like in a very quick 
<laughs> nutshell. I feel like I just <laughs> kind of word vomited all this out on you. Um, those are the, the four love styles and how they're formed. Is that making sense? Well, it makes sense to me because I'm really familiar with attachment um, <laughs> yeah. theory. And I think you've, you've done a good job of explaining it. I think that um, that it's really important. I actually had a conversation with a um, a new client yesterday, and we she told me about being stuck. And she has been, been pushing away a guy with who seems to be great, you know, on paper. Mm-hmm. Um and in her past, she ended up with, um, I, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, realized really quickly that she had an anxious attachment style and she chose avoidance, um, which is a very common thing where you're anxious, you choose somebody who avoids and it's like a, now he likes me, now he doesn't, now I like him, now I don't. It's this, this you know, right. ch- push me, pull you, chasing um, really, really difficult relationships. And so she's been working on herself, and now she's become avoidant. Um, and so it's that, that next step of how do I get to secure? How do I get to be more secure? But I'm jumping ahead. Um, but So I told, her to read, I told her to read the book Attached by Amir Levine because, you know, he really yeah. outlines very nicely how to apply this in dating as well. But I, I, loved, I love the names that you've given it. Um, the love connector, the love stabilizer, the love resistor, and the love paralyzer. Can you just explain a little bit more about the paralyzer? Because that's the one that confuses me most. What 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 does it mean to be yeah. disorganized in your attachment? Well, the way that I like to help people understand that is to talk is to give kind of an extreme example of how it can be formed. So let's say you have. Um, a mom and a dad who, let's say the dad is kind of abusive or he doesn't like it when the baby cries um, and he gets angry and yells at the mom. So, and, and let's just pretend that the mom is very caring and loving and really wants to take care of her child, but she's afraid of the reactions that her husband's having. So the baby cries because they're hungry and mom goes over to take care of the baby. But the minute the baby cries, she goes into this state of anxiety and fear because she knows he's going to get upset at her. So she's tensing up in her body. She picks up the baby and the baby's having this experience of, I want somebody to take care of me. And then the baby feels the tension and anxiety and fear in the mom. And even though there's no words that need to be spoken to explain this as infants, we pick up on everything. I mean, it's as adults, we do too, but as infants, they're reading everything that's going on with that main caregiver that they're developing an attachment with. So what, that, what the baby learns is I can reach out for love. I'm craving what I know I need to survive, basically. But then I get this strange reaction of fear and tension. So if you can imagine, you know, that gets hardwired into the brain. So as an adult, when you start, you know, you know that you want this relationship, you're starting to fall in love with someone. And then as soon as it, you know, you feel it getting returned or you're just starting to like, you know, feel this mutual relationship unfold, you will go into that same kind of paralyzed state where you're like, I want it, but I don't know. It doesn't feel safe, you know? So Mm. that's kind of a good Mm -hmm. way to explain it. And Mm. the difference, between a love paralyzer and a love resistor is that the love paralyzer will have that desire and kind of this craving and and need for connection and reassurance from a partner. 
but then they freeze or they pull away or they sabotage relationship. The love Uh resistor, they might say, yeah, I want a relationship, but they don't ever get that kind of craving and that intense need for connection that a, that a love connector might feel or a love paralyzer might feel. They'll Mm. try to go into a relationship, but they just disconnect as soon as things start to feel, um, you know, any, any kind of, intimacy starts to develop does that make sense Mm -hmm. to kind of tell the difference between the two yeah I think so it's that mixed message and the other ones get more of a distinct message growing up um it's amazing how we impact our children um right you know huge huge responsibility we have there so let's talk about how people can determine their own love styles or their partner yeah good question so i I've kind of given an idea of what they each look like, but I'll go a little bit more in depth. So for love connectors, um, whether this is you or you're trying to determine if your partner has this, love connectors typically experience a lot of anxiety in their relationships. So they like a lot of reassurance. They like a lot of connection. Um, If a partner is not, like responding to text messages, let's say, very consistently, or a partner pulls away in some way. So, you know, a love connector might perceive that a partner's pulling away or the partner might actually just be totally pulling away from someone. It's going to create all this anxiety for this person. And they're, they may, I, I call it they, getting to the tipping point. So this love connector may be like, where are you? Why are you not talking to me? And then all of a sudden they get to the tipping point where they can't handle the anxiety anymore. And then they're going to basically up the ante to pull a partner back in. So it's when they up the ante that things can get a little crazy and look like drama or conflict. So love connectors can do things like threaten to leave a partner. They might, um, try to make a partner jealous. They might use a lot of like excessive texting or communicating, like calling a bunch of times, Um, you know, just doing some kind of overdramatic or overreactive kinds of things to pull a partner back in. And really what happens is the behavior says, I'm pushing you away, even though deep down inside the love connector really wants their partner to come in and say, okay, I'm here for you. I've got you but they get hijacked by this behavior and can ruin a lot of relationships because of it, because of it if they're not aware of it. So that's uh-huh. kind of what a love connector looks like, whether you are one or if you're dating one, if you've seen those kinds of behaviors in somebody. The, the thing that I always like to tell people is you're not crazy. You're not some nutball, fatal attraction kind of person if this is going on for you or if this is your partner. It's the way that the brain is wired and it's, it's essentially acting this way to get the needs for connection met. So when people can understand that it's just in the wiring of the brain, just like anything else that we do is, you can take away the judgment about it. You can take away the, like, you know, this kind of questioning of, is this person a crazy person? <laughs> you know, why are they acting this way? And then when you can identify it for what it is, take the judgment out, and then start to work with it, People can be a lot more contained with their behavior. They can um, learn how to connect in healthier ways. And so, um, you know, I always want to say that just for all the love styles, they're all hardwired in your brain. You're not nuts. You're, you're just acting 
on behalf of your brain that wants to do what it's learned to do for your relationship. So, Mm -hmm. so that's the love connector. That's kind of a big one. Um, Love, love resistors have kind of the opposite effect. They are wired to disconnect. So they, when things start to get intimate with a partner, they will start to find ways to not like the person. They might focus in on superficial things in a, in a partner who that, you know, all they can do is think about the way that they chew their food or um, they just start to lose interest. Or they may fantasize about the one, quote, unquote, the one in a way that no partner can ever meet the, need, meet the qualities or the, the standards of what this fantasy one is in their head. So because nobody can ever, you know, own up to those qualities, no one's ever good enough, and they'll find a way to sabotage the relationship. Um, okay. Essentially, love resistors will just, their brains will find ways to either kind of devalue a partner, lose interest in a partner, or sabotage, not commit, you know, postpone any kind of moving forward in a relationship so that they can stay disconnected. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? And this, yeah, this is what we talked about yesterday with the client. And, and one of the things we talked about was the must-have list and really looking at what are the qualities that you're expecting to find in a partner. And some of them are unrealistic. They just are not, they're not really um, important in the long run to a healthy relationship. And they have to do with impressing other people, like a college degree or a certain height or, you know, certain things right. that are ingrained in us. And um, I remember listening to somebody recently who said that when she could find her like four or five things on her list and and really agree to only want those things, she was able to negate everything else. So like if he showed up with, you know, chewing with his mouth open, she had to overlook that. That was a habit, you know, that yeah, was maybe like an annoying that. habit. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, person has to be kind and compassionate. That's a must have. Mm-hmm. You know, chew with your mouth closed, you can work with that. <laughs> um, right. So it's it's really, if you make that list so long that you end up disqualifying everybody, which is what you were talking about before, um, you'll end up never partnering with anyone. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, okay. and it's so a love resistor have... and the love connector can be, you know, they're, they've really got to learn to identify how their brain is getting in the way of, of creating intimacy or ruining intimacy, basically. Mm-hmm. So, okay. the, and I know we're short on time here, so I want to go into love stabilizer. The love mm-hmm. stabilizer is the one who is very, they're very secure in relationships. They're typically people who stay in longer-term relationships. They feel very comfortable with intimacy and commitment. And these are the people that if you are any of the other love styles, if you're a love connector, resistor, or paralyzer, you want to be with a love stabilizer if at all possible because they don't get so triggered by intimacy needs or the need for independence from intimacy um, in the way that your love styles do. So this is the kind of person you want to look for. And typically you can just, you know, they have a, they communicate their needs more effectively. Um, they usually have a history of longer-term relationships. 
They don't get threatened by your need for connection. And they also, if you're a love resistor, may not get so threatened by your need for independence as well. So they're, they're just kind of the stable ones here. Uh-huh. Um, and then we've also, with the love paralyzer, I kind of went into that a little bit more in depth earlier, but it, it is just that kind of confusion of they want that relationship. They often look, they can look like a love connector or a love resistor depending on the partner that they're with. So if, if a love paralyzer is dating someone who's more of a love resistor who needs more independence, it may bring out more anxiety in them and they'll have more of the qualities of the love connector. And then vice versa, mm. if they're dating a love connector, they may go more into the love resistor qualities. So if you're wondering if you are a love paralyzer, the way to tell is to look at the history of your relationships and to see if you've had a history of going in and out of love connector traits and love resistor traits with different partners. And if you, so if you're going back and forth, that's a good indicator that you're probably a love paralyzer or if you just experience those feelings of, you know, freak out paralysis when things start to go well, um, you know, that's, that's a red flag as well. So that's yeah, kind so of this is all good, of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And looking at your history is so important because we don't always see the patterns. This is why people keep dating the same person with a different face right. um, because they don't, they don't do this work. So, um, all right, we have about five minutes left, so um, <laughs> we have a couple of other things to talk about, but what would you like to really focus on to kind of wrap things up? You know, I think, um, gosh, there's, it's a hard topic to cover in a short amount of time. So I think I know. the thing to remember is, like, if any of this is resonating with people, to do some some research on it, start to look into it, because Again, there's not a lot of people that know about attachment out there, but it is such a key component of our relationships. And once you start to learn how much it affects you and how much it affects your partners, you will be amazed at, like, typically, and I'm sure, San, I know you've had this experience. I know I did. But when you learn that attachment is actually the cause of so many of your relationship problems, you have this huge aha moment usually, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's why I've been acting this way or that's why this partner did this. And it can be really healing and really liberating to understand that at some point. Mm-hmm. So I highly encourage yeah. people to, you know, there's, that is, uh, you know, there's a great book by Amir Levine called Attached that is a game changer when it comes to dating. And I've got an online course that I just released as well that's all about the four love styles and really goes into depth about helping people understand it and how to find compatible partners um, and how to manage their own unique love style as well. So, you know, there are resources out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll put the resources in the links um, in the show notes. And if you can um, just give people the, the how they can find your online course if they're interested. Yeah, uh, the the. Uh, the link to the course is course.shellypumphrey.com. And my name is spelled weird. It's Shelly, C-H-E-L-L-I. And then Pumphrey is P-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y. So course.shellypumphrey.com. And I am in the middle of offering um, a discount if you buy a bundle of the courses 
because there's several courses to choose from. And the discount is actually good through um, this Thursday. So if people want to check that out, it's a great deal, and you can uh, save some money on it. So how do they get the discount? Uh, they just have to go to that link there, uh, course.shellypumphrey.com, and the discount is um, available until Thursday at midnight. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, yeah, so there's so much more to explore about this. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And I think I know that when I read about attachment theory, it was like so many light bulbs went off for me too. Mm-hmm. And also just seeing how my attachment style changed as I grew as a person. And so that's important for people to know is that you can work on your attachment right. style. And once you really name it and identify it, um, you can do the work. And with Shelley's course, that's a great way to dive in deeper um, and also to read the book. There's quizzes in the book. There, are, I, th- I know that Amir Levine has a quiz on his website also to help you define your attachment style. Um, so, so this is work that is so worth doing, and um, I really appreciate you sharing this and that you're doing this beautiful work out in the world to help people have healthier relationships. Thank you, Sandy. Um, so thank you. I agree. I thank you for doing all the beautiful work you're doing as well. Uh, it's it's work that matters, right? It's it um, it right. builds us up as much as it helps others. So that's that's what makes it yeah. so wonderful. So Absolutely. thank you, and uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening today. And I hope that you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great great day. Bye bye. <laughs>